Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of HBO Succession. So we are now on to episode six, officially over the halfway mark. This episode was titled Living Plus which we found out was dead on the nose of some new tech service that way Co. is trying to sell to investors, blah, 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 blah. We'll get to all of that before we do so. Natural housekeeping things. If you have not yet subscribed to Bingetown TV and you are enjoying what you're listening to, what the heck are you doing? So get on that. And if you're listening on our succession specific feed, which is just succession of Bingetown TV podcast, Yep. I would also highly recommend routing yourself to our main feed, which is just Town TV. We cover a ton of TV shows. I'm sure you will find something you like in there. And honestly, the best way to find all of our episodes that we do and the shows we cover, BingeTownTV.com. I'm going to say until it wears out, new redesign by the wonderful James. It looks great, easy to navigate. It's all there for you. So if you want more Town TV, that's the spot to go. And all right, transitioning back into... Succession, the reason that everyone's actually here. Episode six, Living Plus, the wonderful Alex will be giving our executive summary for tonight's meeting slash episode. So I will hand the microphone over to her. All right. Well, I'm laughing at the what the heck are you doing? You're bringing that energy from your very <laughs> Philly meeting yes. into this pod. I like <laughs> yeah. it. The heck you doing? All right. Executive summary. Welcome to Fuckywood, land of scheduled grief, big, big shoes, deep fakes, and product launches that come with the promise of living more forever. We begin episode six with a Logan Roy jump scare. The man is back on screen as a talking, nay, shouting head to announce the launch of Waystar's newest product and our episode titled Living Plus. This product can only be described as Fox News' version of Smart House for Boomers, intended to house the elderly and suck them dollar dry. Leading up to the big launch, we see Roman, can we do the huggy thing Roy, go on a firing spree just to feel something, or maybe to see if he can keep feeling nothing at all. Either way, by episode's end, we see him very much in his feels, riddled with doubt, punishing himself in his private car of shame. We then have Siobhan spilled chocolate milk in the Range Rover Roy playing both sides. <laughs> She's reading her brothers for filth and while working the background angle with her sweetie. But more importantly, most importantly, we see her reconnecting with Tom through a That's rousing cool. round of bitey amidst a Hollywood Hills soiree. Needless to say, my notes have smooch alert followed by bang alert in all caps. And then last but not least, in this unholy trinity, we have the star of the show, the bell of the ball, Kendall, no one can say no, Roy, who is seen running around, eyes gleaming, in his element, much to the concern of the new gen Roys and old heads alike. Dark Hermit, Kendall ultimately goes full Frank Ocean at Coachella, requesting and scrapping the team's attempt at building the set he envisioned all at the last minute. Putting aside the scripted conversation with video footage of his now very dead dad, 
Kendall manages to deliver on the Living Plus launch, and he succeeds in using it to outmaneuver Matson. and he also manages to win over the core Waystar team with his latest harebrained scheme. This leads us to the least charming Matson move to date, tweeting a Nazi quote. Not only is this significantly less charming than sending vials of blood, it only gives actual weight to the CE bros claim that the striking Viking may be too unstable to rule. We close out with King Ken taking a swim in the Pacific, seemingly in a much, much better place than the last time we saw him in a body of water. And while we finally don't fear for his safety in an aquatic setting, I think it's fair to say that we're all left wondering how long can this rain really last? Wow, wow, we wow. Well done. Striking Viking was good. Big shoes. Big, yeah. big shoes. There were so many good little little blips I tried to weave in, you know? That was good. I like the uh, breaking it down by the Royce siblings. I feel like I'm always only considered doing it chronologically. I usually do, but I, they were just saying such dumb shit that stood out to me that I wanted it to be <laughs> like their like wrestler name or whatever their tagline. Yeah, yeah. that was good. Oh, look at that. Um, we're getting better every week, people. We are. I have big, big shoes to fill next week. That'll flow us perfectly into our favorite moments of the episode. And I don't want to go first. And Alex just spoke. So Kathleen, you can do the honor of going first and have no one steal your moment. Okay. My moment and quote, depending on what you guys chose, were kind of interchangeable. So that was kind of nice. So now I actually have to decide which one I like better, whether it's the <laughs> moment or not. I think I'm going to choose... Tom and Shiv, the conversation they had after they had sex. And I loved Tom. Finally, 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 you know, they get to talk about his betrayal. And I love his little speech about I like money. I like these things. I like my watch. Like you never invited me in. I I was always going to be between you and your dad and I love my career. So I went in that direction. And he and then when he's like, join me in a trailer park, come with me in a trailer park. You coming? Like, I thought that was such a good moment, such a good quote from Tom. I thought the Tom and Schiff stuff was the most compelling of the episode, besides, of course, Kendall's speech at the end, which was great. But I thought it was a great episode for Tom and Shiv, specifically Tom. I I loved it all. So yeah, I didn't go through the quote specifically, but you guys get it. I don't need to do it. It's like a yeah, whole ass quote. I think I'm going to pretty much hop on that train, although I'll take the little earlier moment. So the initial moment when Tom comes in, and again, it's probably combined with a quote as well. It's not my favorite quote. I have another one for that, but just kind of like the sincerity in his voice when he says, like, you're scheduling your grief. I feel like him saying that and i feel like shiv finally like somewhat letting him in felt like a really like watershed moment almost it felt really good to like watch them embrace and then they kissed i was like whoa i didn't I, i'm glad i guess it was again like maybe it's fucked up but i'm glad it was shiv that seemed to initiate it i mm-hmm. guess it always had to have been shiv that was gonna have to initiate that far obviously she's in a very vulnerable moment it's a very emotional decision but i think that that definitely is, I think, the moment that is going to stick with me the most. Like that feels like almost the most iconic moment going forward from this episode. That's why I think it's easy to pick a backup one. It was going to just going to be not even almost a moment, but like a shot of the episode when Kendall is like sad, dejected that he has to scrap the clouds, and it's like the view from behind in the back of the theater, and it's him just like hit his head down, and his arms like flat a little bit. It's just like such a <laughs> He's funny like a little toddler. shot. He's, yeah, really he's so like, like a toddler. 
It's oh. so funny. I I, I I mean I love I love me some Kendall. He's my number one boy. But that made me that made me laugh pretty hard. That 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 <laughs> that was his body language. I mean that whole scene was infuriating me. I mean you know that the next it's for the next day, and then he ends up scrapping it all anyway. But him just being like, can't say no, can't say yeah, no one can bad. say no is like that's rapey. <laughs> like you can't say that. He's so he's so bad at being cool. It's like yeah. unbelievable. I've never seen someone try so hard to be cool and be so unbelievably uncool. Right. And his insecurities just like leap out the whole episode. Like when Rome sort of backs down on wanting to wear the matching jacket and do the speech or even the whole concept of what he wants to do. He just starts getting so dejected and like silent, and like the head hanging again. He's like a little kid and it's yeah. it's truly a, like a man child. I know you have been in your notes about Roman, but. Yeah. They both are. I mean, it's yeah. it's just watching them like drive this into the ground that I think is making people feel crazy. But then there kind of has his moments of like brilliance where it's obviously a lot of fluff that it's founded on, but his speech and everything is you get why he can get to where he is sometimes. It's just yeah. he gets lost along the way a lot. Favorite moment wise, I had the Tom and Shiv of it all too at the party with Bitey and just like we got some answers around like I don't know, like, what's her baggage a little bit? And, oh, oh does Tom have baggage? And then we got answers about his career when they had, when they were talking again after having sex. So I thought that was, like, really rewarding for all the stuff we talked about preseason. And then I just had a tiny dumb moment of, like, when Mattson blows the kiss leaving the private yeah. jet. I just love Alexander Skarsgård in this, and it made me laugh. Wait, were we doing quotes or moments? Moments. moments. Oh. We wrapped up both in it oh i i fucked that up i i thought we were doing quotes there but that could be my favorite moment too and then i'll just do the opposite for, okay for yeah this. you're good because i mean usually i usually i ask i make sure that we're doing moments first because i always forget but i'm now feeling confident in it so i moved us right into it without the question so maybe maybe my competence threw you off <laughs> always <laughs> yeah no, i'm sure i'm sure it does <laughs> we can we can slide right into quotes with that and i'm gonna go first because the quote i have i love so much and it's kind of like a little niche quote but i feel like it's really good for kendall lovers and especially jess lovers so <laughs> when kendall they're like doing whatever like the late night strategy meeting and kendall goes can we see the drafts jay Give me the double click on longevity so I could see everything. Infinite brain box. <laughs> it just like literally makes no sense. He is just saying words. That is like such a classic Kendall quote. And it just, the second time I watched it, it made me laugh so hard again. I was just like, that is the perfect encapsulation of Kendall as a CEO and like a leader. This whole episode was that. He was anytime, yeah. even when you thought Kendall was going to, listen to what Roman was saying because Roman was being a little unhinged this episode and you think Kendall's going to go, whoa, man, no. He's like, yeah, yeah, I could buy into that. Like, shoot yeah, to the moon, yeah. Romy. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he's nuts. And he, yeah. when him and Greg afterwards, he's like, to the moon, baby, to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a backup, but I won't spoil it if it's someone else's. Uh, it's just so nuts how, like, Kendall's just a roller coaster again. And that's how you know he's really in it and in something he's oh, yeah. like addicted to because he's one moment he's like dejected. And then the next he's, he's like, Oh, yeah, fire joy. Yeah. Is that the move? Like he's like deferring completely to Roman in this weird way. And then he's like amping him up when he's looking for someone to tell him he did the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kendall's like, No, take it further. Take it fucking further. It's, it's, they're a toxic combination together. Yes. Yeah. The worst parts of Logan just. 
in a package deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to watch it though. Yeah. Me too. Uh, favorite quote comes from the other half of that idiotic duo when Roman says, that just feels very one size fits all. <laughs> like when they're to- like, first off, they're fucking talking like they're actually going to solve like pushing age out and death out in a real way. And then for him to say that, like totally, like in a very serious way, like yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> this works because that's just yeah. Why? Oh, gosh. Roman's suggestions and stuff were feeling very like Black Mirror, San Junipero-y. Yeah. You know, with I don't want to spoil that because it's the best Black Mirror episode or one of like top three for me. Yeah. Um, of course it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but uh yeah, I've got I love that. Go watch that episode if you haven't seen it. But yeah, I this whole living plus thing is something I want to dive into as if it's its own stock entity. Cause oh, I would yeah. like to just dive into that. My quote, well, this was actually my moment, but we flopped it, but that's okay. So I flopped it. So uh, it's another Shiv moment. I love this moment where Roman and Kendall are trying to kind of explain to them, you know, Mattson kind of lost his mind, you know, whatever, obviously lying. And Shiv is just, you you know, reading them for filth. Like, "Mm, yeah, okay, the chocolate milk line fucking slayed me. But I love at the end when she was just like, you're cocksuckers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cocksuckers is such a good insult. Like, it all those consonants are hit so good yeah they do. i also like kyle you say this a lot cock smack i think that's yeah. like even better but i loved this and i loved when she's like i know you i fucking know you and has like receipts from childhood to just be like you guys are assholes and when kendall's like well and rum's like fine <laughs> fine just throw me under the bus jeez i was i was so team shiv in this moment these boys are like little kids like cowering little kids being like no 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 it's yeah she had the upper hand finally like but she's playing it cool versus like the meltdown at the pierce dinner with logan being like tell him i'm it you know what i mean i think she's learned and yeah i also wrote when she's like don't get mud on my confirmation dress like yeah not not buying their shit about like trying to keep her clean she's like this was just her the whole time like fuck off that was that was a really good scene and i'm sure I mean, obviously, I'm not a complete Shiv stand, Shiv lover, but I'm sure that scene was kind of the start of what ended up being a really, really great Shiv episode. Oh Before God. we get into that character analysis, my backup quote was going to be Carl telling Kendall that while Kendall has Carl's dick in his hand, Carl also has Kendall's dick in his hand. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. I was like, fuck yeah, Carl. Caleb I'm surprised Carl at the end was so team Kendall all of a sudden again after that situation. I mean, Kendall had a great performance, but the numbers are bullshit, right? Like that as much as yes, it seemed like wow. Numbers. He, would you you said he didn't say numbers? I guess to the point, yeah, he didn't actually go into the numbers that Pete was crunching. So it kind of they just Poor used Pete. the Logan. Yeah, they just used the Logan quote and that was kind of it. And I think that yeah kind of showed Carl that Kendall listened to him before calling him special that was really God. he's special i'm like okay carl 180 i know special <laughs> i know a thing or two about a thing or two it was like very well written to yeah. show him as like a fucking dinosaur again just yeah uh. and I speaking mean, of pete too there were so many great kendall quotes involved in that whole fudging of numbers debacle of just when pete's like numbers aren't just numbers like they're numbers and then we kind of <laughs> like eh. 
Like, <laughs> he's like, that doesn't Talking mean gibberish, Pete. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. From that man is just the funniest. Yeah, concept. exactly. Like, that okay, was infinite be, brain box. Yeah, that was going to be one of my quotes just because it was so funny how hypocritical it was. But the infinite brain box is just hilarious. But I. Like brand turboed is like a, a descriptive. I'm like. I miss supersonic. I feel like you said supersonic a lot in like like season three or yeah, season three and season two. He was a big fan of the word supersonic. He loves supersonic and also leapfrogging tech, I feel like was used a few times. Yeah. That was he's such a wild motherfucker. All right. Let's get into this character analysis slash market watch slash stock watch slash new tech line real estate product watch. And we could start. I mean, we could start heavy hitting if we want to just start with Shiv. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's start with Bitey. Yeah. Cause I loved it. I loved it. I, it's so funny. I was doing my rewatch at my parents' house today and my mom was sitting next to me. I was like, let's play Bitey. <laughs> she was like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> do you think you would I was win? like, it, it's a child it seems like a children's game, and somehow like those two made it for play. Um, and it's kind of saying that weird now that I compared like saying let's play buddy with my mom. That's obviously yeah. I kind of want to cut that now. <laughs> well, we ain't so <laughs> too bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, I thought this was a great Shiv and Tom episode. I was so in on those two. I'm glad we got the information from Tom on like why he did it. I think that was a good enough answer for Shiv. But I want to know what do we know what TK is? And then she said the DC stuff that was like. Her lows. Yeah, I assume I that's see. like initials of a guy or something. Because she was like, well, you're the one after the actual one, which I thought was like the most sick fucking burn of all time. But to, to she, yeah, she follows it up with like, I was and then I was the only one for you or whatever. So I'm your whole story. <laughs> yeah, that that's a tough line to say to someone. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the DC thing feels somewhat. Like, obviously, she was in politics before this, but the TK, I wonder if we have, because we've, I mean, especially Alex has been asking those kind of questions mm-hmm. even since the what was season four hype episode. So I, I imagine whatever this breakup was is like sort of work tied or like DC is probably so like incestuous in that way, right? That people know people and kind of maybe ran her out of town if I'm putting together the pieces of she was in what, France or something where Tom met her or yeah. whatever. So, I can't remember the dude's name that she had the affair with, but I don't think those Gil? were. No, that was the no, guy that they worked the for. <laughs> oh, I cannot. I think it was Nate. I... Okay, you're right. Yeah. So it's not him either. Okay, yeah. cool. Gill. <laughs> he was fucking Gill, right? Whoa! <laughs> New yeah, after controversy those, after those fucking pizza parties after campaign events. <laughs> it took Tom finally standing up for himself and you know saying all these things for her. I feel like Shiv to be like. Okay. I mean, it also took Matson like juicing her up for all of this anyway. But I think the belly laugh into the weird looks after the conversation they have on the bed was just superb. On the first watch, on the rewatch, I was just like mouth open, like that laugh they share and then immediate stop and like looking at each other. I'm like, this is a, this real. is like so confusing to me. They're they, cut from the same cloth more than I think Shiv ever knew is kind of what I feel like she clicked for her mm. in the scenes. And I, I want to say it's probably more Logan and the baby. I feel like almost maybe it's just a lot at once. I feel like she doesn't have a choice now but to be vulnerable because in episode 
one or two, whenever it is where Tom is trying to have this conversation and she wants nothing to do with it. And I feel like so many bad things have piled up on her that maybe even subconsciously, maybe it's not even a conscious decision that like she wants something in her life to work out and like maybe confront it. And this is something she can kind of confront. I mean, her dad's gone. There's really nothing that can be done about that, but there is something that can be done about Tom. And honestly, the baby, that's like two birds at one stone right there. I don't know if that's like a conscious motivation for her, but I'd like to point out that she's, dealing with the logan grief for 30 minutes a day five days a week so (laughs) she's doing it i'm just kidding that's That's psychotic but i also think she's realizing with her dumbass brothers tweedledee and tweedledum that she needs another ally right in this fight and like she said she's like let's just be people who share information or whatever i wrote like strategists with benefits is what they're kind of angling yeah and i think she yeah needs so that is trusting him again a little bit more i mean that can open her up to some risk so that's big of her i guess that's growth for her character finally and i mean tom did admit it was always her and her dad it was kind of the decision that he was gonna have to make the dad decision is not there anymore so now it's kind of her it feels like that obstacle maybe is potentially removed because he doesn't feel that way about fucking ken and romy where he's like no. you know maybe i'll be loyal to them i feel like it's not maybe really like that what episode do you think Shiv finally tells tom Hopefully next episode. I mean, she's going to start showing soon. So, I mean, this is only day, 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 right? Yeah. Kendall literally says in the speech, he was like, you know, this has been a tough few days. And I was like, got a little bit of whiplash. I was like, oh my God, it's literally been like three days. Yeah. Yeah. This episode seemed like one and a half days or something, right? Because I feel like he asked for the house and then the next day they were doing the thing and they were at the party and they banged and the next day it seemed like Shiv was going into the office. So, but either way, I think we're going like two days or less on these episodes. So yeah, I maybe that's part if of the were, finale. If they were normal, somewhat normal people, it would be next episode. But there's obviously nothing normal about them. So I'm sure it'll get dragged out. I'm dying for it. Well, so what do we think? Shiv stock up? Stable? I oh, think yeah. a little up. Staying up. up. Promising. Yeah. She still got the Tom. end with Madsen. I feel like she really showed... Not that I mean anyone really saw because it was all kind of in closed rooms with just Kendall and Roman. It's not like like Jerry is noticing her like being more competent than them, but we're noticing it. And that's like a fact that the show is obviously trying to show us at points. So I think that's 100% shit of stock up for her. But yeah. I guess at the same time, the goal is really Pierce, I guess. And it doesn't, that looks like it's on somewhat shaky ground. So I mean, Kendall's like, we can have it all. We can have this. Yeah. We can have Pierce. He's out of his mind. He thinks he's going to be 150 years old. You know, he's really, he's really thinking ahead. Um, That's a perfect big, big, segue. Big picture. <laughs> that is a perfect segue. Yeah. He, oh, I Go mean, ahead. You, Talk you about your boy. One, well, I was going to say, he's my boy. You bought a little bit of stock in him before the season. So we both have some loyalty here, but it's so tough. And again, it was just like episode four where he gets like the co-CEO thing and it's him at the end with a smile. And it was like, you know, you know, Kendall girlies are on top, but but we know that like what this <laughs> yep. you know kind of means for him. And now we're really getting a bigger like this is the biggest example we've gotten on him. I don't know if I really want to use the word unhinged, but just like this manic Kendall, where it's just like he's like loving where he's at right now. He's like, you know, we're staying up all night, like you know, we're doing all of this 
all this finagling with the numbers. Like we're doing this presentation, we're going to the moon and he is just like in his element, but it's so obvious that he is just not handling anything well at the moment. It's tough to watch, but also, yeah, it's hard to watch, but this is also why I watch the show. So it's kind of like both sides of it. I'm like, I'm I'm actually eating pretty well with it. I think Shiv saying the gleam in his eye thing is perfect because they recognize it. Roman recognizes it enough to back out at the last second. You know, I think that he didn't want his name on it. He didn't know what was going to happen. He's like, I need to get the fuck away from this. But them, them in the crowd, just Shiv and Roman, like watching him with the gleam in his eye and then them all watching him do the whole performance of it all. I, I was the same. Like, can I cringe so hard? I turn into a fossil. Great line. Agreed. (laughs) Kendall is the is a cringe factory, but as someone who bought He's Kendall so stock, earnest. He's so earnest, though. It's so hard. <laughs> I just feel like he's smarter than he's being in this episode i mean he's got the charisma and this like awkward type and Jeremy Strong plays it like a fuck it. I mean, it's so sad we're not gonna get more Jeremy Strong in this character after the season because he has it down to a T. Like it's phenomenal, but he's you're right, like a little bit unhinged, but he has it down. Like in the beginning, when he's like, "Big shoes, big big shoes," oh they're all like, God. "Fuck!" Big nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, he's talking to yeah. the prompter, but then he really like you know he catches his stride. He has these like weird moments with Logan on screen that were obviously like AI, I assume, or like B roll, <laughs> you know, that oh, they, they, cut, used. they cut the clips. It was like real stuff, and then they yeah. cut the clips. Yeah, the, that's what. It, yeah. So either way, I think Kendall. There's just no way that Kendall lands on top after watching this episode i could i will put it on the board that i feel like i'm losing all of my money that i put into kendall which sucks because for certain episodes you know i should have cashed out but i didn't and i'm gonna keep it till the end unfortunately there's just no way that he learns any type of lesson in the next four episodes like obviously (laughs) yeah like this episode is the idea behind it is like that this is such like a not like necessarily a hollow victory because this they do say like the stock price has gone up like the goal has been achieved but the way it happened was like all over the place and obviously not sustainable for him to you know keep being successful so it just feels like it's yeah it's just a classic candle peak and then the valley's just gonna hit just as hard i mean that's usually kind of that in that equilibrium of like the higher the peak the fuller the, you know the bigger the crash for him so it is it's it's just so crazy how often it happens and how we know it's gonna happen and it's just like i can't i just literally cannot look away so now the new go forward plan from kendall is to pump up the value of the company with living plus you know get it over 192 so that you like price out of Madsen, I guess they're like one hint to just to be like they want to value that stock as high as they can so that Madsen backs out and they get to keep it and exactly. stay where they are or have a better shot at continuing. And if you make that win, I mean, how could you not sort of persuade the board if they don't know the truth about how yeah. it all unfolded, as Kyle said? Again, and like me and Kathleen have brought up before, like I don't really know what the fuck's going on, but it just feels so like cookie cutter, basic, obvious. Like they're not really doing anything actually crazy, but they themselves are so wild that it just becomes this huge mess. But like the idea is very straightforward. It just becomes this circus because they're the ones that are involved with it. And it just feels like it doesn't have a chance of actually working out. They just 
like you said, don't learn lessons and convolute things time and time again because of their ego or like this thing they're chasing, right? It's just always, there's always some game to play or always some one-upping rather than just stay the fucking course, which is what everyone's been telling them to do always. And because yeah. uh, I think Logan was a bit that way as well, obviously. I mean, he went down. I did see an interesting perspective on the internet of like, someone was saying essentially that they interpreted a lot of what the show did of saying, Logan honestly did some wacky shit and like some ill-advised things and was obviously very narcissistic and could fly off the handle and do is known for kind of these fits of maybe rage or like crazy decisions. And it just worked out for him is what it seems like the show kind of yeah. has said, but it goes like everyone tells us that he's a legend tells us that he's a legend, but we've never really seen it so much. It's more that like people defer to him because of his reputation versus us really seeing him be this amazing business person. It feels like people just old to him because like we, we got introduced to the debt storyline and obviously the thing with the cruises is not great leadership. I mean, that almost took the whole fucking company down. So like all of this kind of stuff is he also made mistakes. It just seemed like it worked out for him. It just doesn't seem like it's going to work out for Kendall and Roman. Yeah. I mean, they say that in the karaoke room, right? Didn't the show yeah. say it basically. She's like, is it you're right because you're right or everyone just works around you to make you feel yeah. right yes. and like that's exactly what you're saying it's i think at one point he did know what the fuck he was doing right but when you have a company this fucking big and you're not listening to anyone and you're just doing all these things yeah of course it's bloated and you're in debt and you become a part shop your ego just took up all the room and then in yeah. your brain and i think yeah I mean we just hear about it versus seeing it Perfect example is in in, in the Roman storyline, which is you know good segue into speaking about his overall episode. When the studio head is like, people don't want to make movies with us because of this rightward lean of ATN. Like Logan was so blinded almost to like what was happening outside of the company. I mean, Kendall's whole thing is that the company is just old. It just is archaic values and an institution. Like they need to evolve. Logan doesn't really want to do that so much. It seemed like until the Gojo deal was how they finally kind of convinced him. That obviously went sideways in the sense that it turned into being acquired versus acquiring Gojo. But Roman just, he is just going off. He honestly, honestly made so many worse decisions than Kendall. Like Kendall's things is a lot of background stuff. Like the set stuff in the clouds yeah. is a wild man. He's just a wild man. But in reality, like it's not that like big of a deal it's just he probably made an enemy of some set designers and they were like fuck this guy he's an asshole <laughs> but roman is like because kendall at the end of the day i guess got the stock price up but roman it feels like his moves may even take the stock price down going back to you're saying that logan may have made bad decisions too and he's a legend but we we only hear of the legend but you know roman and Kendall are already acting like they're legends. Jerry says it to Roman. Jerry's like, you're not your dad. And that is the last thing Roman ever wants to hear. You know, Roman is trying to fulfill his dad's legacy where Kendall's probably kind of trying to go the opposite way and being like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to take this company. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. But then same with Kendall. So I mean, just... Carl's like, I took shit from your dad, but me and your dad were through the ringer. Like we, we went through some stuff like I, but I've been around the block and you fucking haven't. So listen to what I'm saying. If you're going to embarrass me. I'm going to squeal. You know, the boys are getting too big. They didn't haven't earned the CEO spot. Like they need to. And that's kind of, I guess, what they're trying to do too, like prove themselves. But they're doing it in such insane ways. And I don't I want to get back to Roman just because I, I was 
saying that I, I think this is my least favorite of the six episodes so far, which is like saying six amazing episodes. It's my least favorite. Come on. It's not really dissing the episode, but in general, Roman has been on such an up and up for me this whole season. And this one like pissed me off for him so bad. Like, like I said, he's an actual man child. Like him with the woman, you know, that he fires. Joy. Yeah, Joy. What's her? She's a. She was the head of the studio. Yeah, head of the studio. Being like, oh, well, I guess I'll fire you. Oh, I already said it out loud. I have to act on it. Like he's. He, it's, yeah. And Jerry you know, saying she has all these contacts, like she's been here for a while. You cannot just do this. And then later he's like, well, I said, I said I fired her, but I didn't fire her. <laughs> I said, I said, I fired her. I told her I fired her to her. I didn't fire her. And she goes, yeah. what the fuck is that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and also I feel doing. like the fucked up part maybe, and or maybe like the classic Roman part is that from the business perspective, Obviously, Morley talking about Mencken and his ideas as IP, Morley is reprehensible. But from the business perspective, he's not wrong in that sense. I mean, unfortunately, we saw it with the 2016 presidential election. There's been a ton of whatever, you know, opinion pieces and studies done on all that kind of stuff in terms of free advertisement and how it was just like a ratings bonanza. And kind of, I guess, the idea of, of that is this Mankin storyline in the show and okay if you want to take it from the business perspective seems like a smart ceo move but then he just follows it up with then that just like unhinged firing and it was like you're just it's one step forward business-wise 12 steps backwards because then that firing at some level could be like okay he fires a studio head you can get a new studio head whatever and then it goes snowballs into firing jerry and it was like okay jesus christ he's officially you know lost the plot yeah. Also firing that woman after she expressed that like really getting talent and getting people in the door to do the pump up the hit factory or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and then he just fires her over it. It's a bad, bad, bad look on top of like, they're not supposed like him being IP is just actually, I don't know about illegal, but it's meddling with the government. It's not yeah. the same entertainment and government, but you know, even when Shiv found out that Mencken had been like advising on editorial, like that's a big no no. I guess like it's a conflict of interest at minimum. But yeah, and then firing Jerry, I just think his grief is coming out in these ways where he just needs to be respected and seen as Logan. And then you see him torturing himself at the end because he's beating himself up about not buying into Kendall's thing and losing out on that moment of glory. I think he just feels all the failures we saw. I think he's reflecting on that. I mean, the firings for me were like reminiscent of when he like wrote a million dollar check for that kid in the pilot oh. to hit a home run and then ripped it up in front of his fucking face. Like that was that level of Roman, just callous yeah. and shitty and spoiled. And like that was like the energy he brought when he was like, oh, I am my dad. I'm I'm here and fuck you. Bye, Jerry. It just it was horrifically cringe yeah. and uh, stocks down, down bad. That guy. Yeah. I read something or listened to Jay Smith Cameron, who plays Jerry, say that, interestingly enough, she's like, Kieran looked at me for the first time in that scene. You know, in every other scene, he's, you know, he's looking over here. He's saying some crazy shit. He's like doing jerk off things. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's, Roman, he's, he's yeah. yeah, Roman's always saying crazy things and and kind of... He, 
I don't know. It, it's interesting. His, his dynamic with Jerry is so interesting. But in this scene, he's looking at her and he's talking to her. And that's different, which I loved hearing, which I didn't even gather myself. But, you know, you, you do gather it, but you just don't put it into words just because you can tell how more in how intense that scene is. Uh, and she put it into words for me, which is great. And oh, man, it's good. But I hated it. And I love that Jerry's just like not fired, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean Kendall was on yeah. board, but I, he wrote, told her to write up the paperwork. So I just feel like all the things he did don't hold any real weight. I mean, unless you know Joy wants to go off the handle, or Jerry wants to. I think Jerry wants to ride this out and get her cut of the check. But yeah, these yeah, boys sure. are going to do well, the damnedest. I think she wants to still be involved in the company. I think she still wants a job because she says to him, "I'm not on the kill list. Like fuck you. Like you right. pretty much can't fire me." So even if they fire her and say Matt's and acquisition goes through, she could come right back on board and help him. Like she's been yeah. there so long and, and can give him so much inside information. It's yeah. And if this, if this Roman Jerry split, I guess, quote unquote, is a thing, it could easily be a way of Matson again, just throwing more shit at Roman, which he seems to really revel in at this point in the story. I mean, the ending scene, like we've talked about that fucking deep fake video is insane. Just complete unhinged behavior as much as you hate roman that's an insane thing to just tweet publicly <laughs> of this deep big video of his dad who just died saying that he has a micro dick like that is just a crazy thing it looked like it was in a text like the what you know when you pull up like a video or photo and text and it has oh, a little okay. box with the arrow but we're like who made it and sent it to him like i have so many questions about how that came into his possession if okay, not yeah. social media uh, maybe it was an error, but like I was like, who fucking would text him that? It did come from a text. I, I would guess Greg. <laughs> Greg was the one who was having the editor edit double. And it's funny when you watch Logan say and he's like, double the profits. Like it does sound slightly off, but if you didn't know, you would never notice. Um, but we were talking about how fucking AI and shit like that is so freaky, man. But like, how are we supposed to know what's any what's real and what's not moving forward? There's so many crazy AI things, especially voice when you just hear voice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Roman is so fucked up. Just him sitting there watching that. Like he just wants to hear his dad's voice and him berating him is nothing new. Like Kendall says, that's a Valentine's card, you know, yeah. It's, it's just a normal day, and why wouldn't it be something that he's, you know, dissing him for? Ugh, so sad. But it's so funny. I don't know why I just assumed it was Madsen. That would be great. It could be. <laughs> well, yeah, no, because Madsen hated that thing. So I, I don't know yeah, how Madsen would even assumed, get that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just assumed it was Madsen making fun of like the deep fake thing that was in the presentation. Which I mean, technically, people don't know that, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I guess, I mean, some people might have picked up on it. But I guess, again, like, we know as an audience because we watched them fucking make the demand. But that's a good point as well. So, quickly, Greg. Or wait, do we want to say Roman, Kendall up, down? I mean, oh, Roman down. But... <laughs> Roman down, Kendall slightly up? Oh, he's up. It's not yeah, honest, I, I think I think Kendall is best analyzed in 15 minute increments of his life. So we're on an up right now for sure. OK, cool. That's, yeah. a, that's we a good could, point. We could easily take that downturn on his way home from the beach. He might do something. <laughs> but putting the, the number one in the sand and then jumping into the ocean, that feels like a Kendall victory right there. So we're going to take <laughs> you up. 
I know. I love that you said in your intro that we've seen him in bodies of water face down. So it's nice to see him face up. Um, But okay, Greg. Greg is now on the killing the deal inside. He was not technically last episode. Last episode, they say, can you drum up some, you know, some of that press that he he had drumming up and he's yeah. like yeah drum up the d- drum it up so like we it's a good tactic in the room to use but it seemed like greg didn't actually know what the end game was he was just like blindly going in but now he's in on it he knows now because when they're shooting the shit and greg ends up being like whatever bot pitch bot he knows he's aware which seems like an up for greg um but I don't Although, care. I mean, <laughs> hitching your wagon to went to Wendell to Kendall is, I mean, a slightly less stable than Tom. I mean, Tom is the head of a division at ATN. Tom isn't completely unhinged in moments, so it's a risky proposition for Greg for sure. But it's interesting because Greg, I guess, is playing Tom a little bit, which feels very risky as well. Mm-hmm. Wendell, that's Kendall when he's he's on the up. Yeah. He's got a W. It's Wendell. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Greg is. Pitch bot. I just like don't even think about it in the moment. But how does he even get in the fucking room? Like and get like not told to just fuck off, you know? Like he just Roman tries. You know, but then then they were like, he was like, Well, pitch bot, what do you think? And like they were like actually asking his opinion. So it just it confuses me sometimes how he it's like if you throw it at a wall, see what sticks, but he just keeps coming up again and again, and you're like, I'm sick of fighting it. Yeah, he had think- somewhat reasonable input on the Living Plus when he's like, "How are we going to sell houses as tech?" Because we've had houses for a while, and it was <laughs> yeah. like, honestly, you sound kind of like an idiot saying it, but that sentence makes a lot of sense, Greg. I this is a, not a Greg line, but Tom says it to Greg after Kendall's presentation, and he goes, "How am I supposed to follow this up?" He just promised eternal life. <laughs> <laughs> The whole bit about Tom's presentation and Greg just being like, well, your presentation's not great. And he's like, I hope I'm being spotlit at least. Like, Yeah, that was so It's like mumbles in the background. Yeah. He's like, is there anything? Do we have anything behind me? And she's like, well, we can get you a spotlight. He's like, well, I hope I'm being spotlit while I'm on the stage. (laughs) You're an ATN citizen. I'm an ATN citizen. Just corn town every time from this Midwestern hoe. Fucking love that guy. Um, Matson. Matson's in an interesting spot. It's got to be a down though. No, I, you can't. Okay, so I got this from a website. So just for everybody, so Matson's tweet is Dodrick mocked fry, which is a play on the Nazi phrase or by my mocked fry. Sorry, um, which appears on the entrances to Nazi concentration camps such as Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. The Nazi fr- phrase translates to work sets you free, which is awfully, awfully grim. And Matson's deeply appropriate tweet is a play on this. Dodrick, you may recall, is the goofy dog mascot that Greg was originally dressed up in and waste our own themed park when he puked in. And Matson's tweet was Dodrick at, um, not at a theme park, but at a concentration camp. And this is a play on Shiv's own words to Matson prison camps for grannies. Mm. Um, the the mascot thing is a great callback for the audience. But yeah, Matson's I, I love Kendall's response. He's he's like he's very European. <laughs> it's like what would he just says it. in the moment. Yeah, he just like kind of says it. Says it in the moment, which he was... also says like I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like he just kept saying well. blabbering obvious shit and like of just yeah. like not condoning it. Like, oh well, yeah, it's not I mean, really... that's a tough spot to be in because he can't publicly 
talk about like wanting to kill the deal, but he can't, so he can't like really be so anti Madsen. So he's got to kind of almost play both sides, which is difficult. I'm sure to play in the moment like that with a fucking quote from a Nazi concentration camp. So I just don't know what Madsen gets from it. I know he was pissed off about what they were doing, but how is that helping his position with yeah. already overpaying? Yeah. So now like you're your bear hug leverage of like, the board really can't say no to this great deal of 192. When you do that, then you make everyone worried because they've already always kind of been a question mark about like his his personality is priced in. But now I'm like, oh, is it? Because that's yeah. fucking next level bad. <laughs> yeah, awful. And it's similar to season three when Logan's still involved and he it's like tweets the crazy shit. I guess when they're at the the wedding. And they're even saying, like, is this like a play or is he just like a crazy person? I feel like Lo- Logan's confused. He's like kind of, I think, asked Roman. He's like, what the fuck is the deal with this? Like, is this, is this a play? I don't know what's going on here. Like, is he high? He's, Roman's like, he's high. He's on true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, obviously, it was a very deliberate, like, attempt to voice his displeasure. But yeah, it didn't seem like it was well thought out at all. No. Did we want to talk about Living Plus? Did we, we feel yeah. like did? I mean, we did talk about Living Plus. I just I mean, think in, spot as any. in general, I mean, it's not a bad idea, right? Uh, uh, but cruises on land is is a terrible pitch for it, which Matson says. But later when they talk about, you know, you can get access to these like life altering drugs, life extending drugs and and even certain just certain things plus and perks and things is amazing if you can actually offer it but i feel like who's living in these places rich people (laughs) you know it didn't seem like they were marketing it to the everyman but they were like this is usually only available to billionaires but now it's available to you at cost and i'm like is this just kendall brainstorming on stage is this something that they've actually you know priced out is this something that they could do it's a great pitch. Like it sounds amazing. It sounds something maybe like in sounds realistic. You think I would, I'm okay. Not like the life-saving stuff, but the idea that like, like I could see Amazon. I mean, Amazon, we have what we have the Alexas, like Amazon echoes, whatever they're called. Like I'm sure they have some level of like thermostat stuff, like locking your doors, like all of that feels like very believable products. But I mean, the rub is Kendall says it when they're trying to fudge the numbers is like huge revenue stream from selling third party health data. Like that's kind of like not the main motivation, but I mean that's something we know happens now is with like Twitter, social media, like the fact that it's quote unquote free for us. You know, the rub is the fact that they're selling all of our data and that's how they're making the money. Kendall wants to do it with health data, which feels illegal, but what the fuck do I know? So it's just I mean, it, it just seems like something that people would eat up for sure, but like an insanely slippery slope. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a company, especially an entertainment company to have like that level of control over my fucking house. It's like fire festival to me. <laughs> I think it does. I mean, it sounds like a black mirror episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of black mirror. It's, but it, they know their audience. It's this ATN audience of people who think, is white oh, yeah. people who think anyone of color walking by is trying to kill them and shoots them in their driveway. It's everything happening in real life today. And so if you can promise them that they can stay cozy and snug in their neighborhood full of people that they like all the people in the images were white too in yeah. living plus, of course. And if you can promise that 
it's like kind of like 55 plus communities, but with like nav like easily to navigate tech that makes you feel safe and your house is easy to use and then like we're promising trying to figure this thing out for you too and you get like all the entertainment features of of theme parks and cruises and everything yeah i think their audience like would eat that shit up honestly for sure i don't think it's a bad idea but i say this every day at work because i just fucking live with ideas people but ideas have no value if you can't fucking make it happen in my opinion i mean clearly there's a valuation on them so i'm i'm wrong in some regard but yeah i strongly feel that way at the end of the day i mean they're not extending people's lives by 50 years that's just not happening no i mean at some level yeah the quality of your your home and your environment will definitely add years onto your life for the most part you know if you have like great air filtering and you know good temperature control and all of those things and that can definitely extend your life but i mean like they're not giving people 50 more years uh, they they have no life elongating therapies like that is just those are just words that's barely an idea those are literally just kendall words it feels like right those are like the richest people you think like logan wouldn't have had that if it didn't exist so i, I get yeah. the idea of wanting to make it exist i do and he really plays like the uh the emotional card on that one. He really gets yeah. people bought in on, on that at the end there. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's Tom's line when he's like, I can't follow that up. Like, he literally fucking guaranteed him eternal life. <laughs> and like him saying that is a perfect summation of like what he actually did. He just said some random shit that I'm sure obviously everyone at some level wants to hear, but there's no way Waystar Royco is going to fucking <laughs> deliver <laughs> that to people. That just ain't happening. At scale. At scale. At scale. Oh my gosh. I agree. And I guess the unless anybody else, my last thing is that it was so nice to open up on Logan's face. Just so happy that Brian Cox got to shoot this. I know I, I had saw somewhere that he was shooting flashback scenes, I think, but I think I forgot that. Uh, so it was nice. And of course, he's such a dick in it still. Like, it's not like, oh, Oh, they brought back a sweet vi a video. Yeah. No, it's like he's like my idiot kids and he's screaming and Je fucking. Jess is like this. Jess is yeah. such a good shot of Jess. I fucking love that girl. I hope she gets the company. Her and Carolina, of course. Yeah, uh, her Carolina and Jerry running the show would be chef's kiss. Carolina taking credit for some wacky thing Kendall said. It was just a slight facial, like, she didn't say no. It was kind of like a face shrug, and I loved it. Great acting. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was just Hugo like trying to say something of like, oh, that's great. And everyone else was like, what the fuck is he talking about? But I guess Carolina wouldn't need like that level of like recognition from Hugo. Yeah. But she, I guess but she does respond oddly. So who could say? He I guess does? he reports to her. Oh, yeah. Cool. Because he tries to like he tries to knife her essentially to Logan and Logan makes a comment about it. But saying like, oh, you are a fucking slimy bastard or whatever. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because he just kind of fucking popped up in season two. But yeah, he wasn't around all that time. But another ask. character who wasn't around and should be around more has been around yeah. since the beginning. Yeah, me and the con heads are fucking <laughs> a little salty that our boy was it. But actually, I saw something too. Zero. Was a was a great comment of like this episode was just full of kind of waystar bullshit. Connor stays out of Waystar bullshit. So mm -hmm. makes sense, you know, for the most part that he wasn't involved. But it means we better get a fucking double feature next week in America Decides because that's got Connor Roy written all over it. It's got to be because it really does. Is that eight or seven? I thought seven. that was eight. Oh, oh my God. Shot to the heart. And I'm to blame. 
<laughs> I think uh, it's interesting because I don't the know. previews for next episode show almost like a a party. Uh, Tom's been talking about a oh you're you right know, election party. party. Yeah, so it's a tailgate. This can't be the election, I don't think. So mm-hmm. episode seven, but there's some sort of party they go to because like Matson's in it, and it seems like everybody's in this episode. And once the election comes around, Connor will be a bigger player, obviously, because he's in the running, baby. He's yeah. getting that one percent. Maybe this is where they're like, they want you to drop out. And he's like, what, yeah. oh, what the fuck? You know, because mm-hmm. Matson crashes the party. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. I think, well, he'll be in it. Yeah. This is a great app. I looked at Kathleen. I was like, wow, this one is hard to take notes on because it's so much dialogue. It's so much happening. But like, no, no action. Like, my, I was like, my notes are all just like quotes or like ha- half-baked quotes yeah. or words. And honestly, it felt like a more casual watch than yeah. some other episodes especially nope. like i noticed kind of when i was watching leisurely a second time felt very casual like yeah. you said because it is a ton of dialogue yeah a bit of less yeah more casual than like when they were like picking who was gonna be interim like that yeah. one i felt like was like they're slightly less like scheming I think a lot of things were really as they seemed. Yeah. Waste our bo- bullshit just left, right, yeah. and center, you know? Like like I said, Kendall, I mean, just the most earnest man in America. Like, he means everything he says, even if what he says means nothing. Yeah. You know? Right. And Roman, I mean, same thing. I mean, it, it, I don't think the analysis has to go any deeper than he's clearly just lashing out and making these crazy decisions. Shiv and Tom felt fairly straightforward and something we've been begging for. So it kind of, yeah, it felt like a casual watch that I enjoyed. Agreed. Agreed. I enjoy it for sure. Love you know what I enjoy more? I enjoy more is doing this after every episode. So Me too. Me and then too, we got what, what? Seven, eight, nine, ten. That's four episode episodes. I know. When you said that, I got really sad because it was like, it felt like when we were at five, we're like, wow, we're only halfway through. And now we've tipped that point. I'm like, yeah, fuck. We are winding <laughs> well, it's, down. It's funny that we ever thought we would just do one episode at right? the end of the season. Or even halfway. It's like, yeah, that would be five hours long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've really, uh, we're really starting to hit our stride here. We are. So, yeah, I guess that wraps everything up. I don't have any parting shots. So that'll just, that'll be the it. That'll be the end. That'll be, it is. So it would be uh, episode six. (laughs) Absolute curtain call. Um, Big, big shoes next episode, of course, uh, moving into the back third, back half of the season. Um, fuck. Yeah. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. If you're feeling saucy and up to it, bingetowntv.com is the home of Bingetown. Any info you want about us, it's probably there. If you are watching on YouTube, shout out to you guys because YouTube videos have been killing it lately. And it's really fun to watch the numbers go bigger and bigger and bigger. And we love the comments. So please keep that up. I'm sure none of you are watching at this point because no one watches to the end of the video. But in case you are, a uh, little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I love you. And thank you for listening. And we will be back next week. And yeah. Shoot it to the moon, Romy. Fuck off. <laughs> Bucky Fuck off. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 